coming up on Thunder Pop. We're back. I think that was used in some movie somewhere. I'll be back. I'll be back, but they're back, I think, was Poltergeist, the little girl. I was just reading about that girl the other day, the Poltergeist. The Poltergeist girl? The she died. Really? Young age. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think she got some tragic disease and, and died like after they made the third one. So I think she got through three Poltergeists. And then oh she died goodness. like a year after the, the third third one was made. You would think maybe she she watched that remake and it just gave her a heart attack. Oh man, yeah, she and and she was the per. It was one of those people where she was the and she had very little acting experience. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg discovered her and cast her basically for the movie after meeting her and her mom at the cafeteria. Oh wow. at, I think Talk, Paramount Studios. Talk about luck of the draw. Yeah, you always hear about those things happening. And it's like no, that stuff really doesn't ever happen. No, it, sometimes it it does happen. It did happen there, mm-hmm. and she. Ended up in three poltergeist movies but she, then she had a young, tragically died at a young age uh we've got johnny lightfoot back in now the newly named thunder pop dome thunder pop dome so we're going to hit batman versus superman actually we don't want to hit batman versus superman because they might turn around especially batman yeah he Bat- might hit us back batman doesn't fuck around as no. we've seen in batman versus <laughs> no. superman he will turn around and hit back if you mm-hmm. try to Come out, ready to kick some ass. Yeah, he might, he'll probably rock bottom your head into the ground. Yeah, exactly. So we got Batman versus Superman talk. We're going to, something that we've not tried, we're going to review the reviewers. Yes. On this episode of Thunder Pop. Also a terrible story. Prince found dead at the age of 57 over at Paisley Park. And of course, there is a Batman connection there that some of you may already know about. Uh, others of you may not be aware so we'll we'll talk about that as well. But I'm Stephen Presley, your host. Johnny Lightfoot is my panel and co-host today. Back for is it third or fourth trip? Fourth trip in studio. Uh, now we figured out that five timers have to get something like a prize, <laughs> prize. kind of like they do in SNL. Like <laughs> so I haven't figured out what that prize is going to be yet, but uh, I'll I'll come up with something cool. Right. You know, maybe you get out your own. We'll start doing Thunderpop trading cards. You get your own trading <laughs> card after you've been on five times. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so we're going to we're going to hit that. We also you've got something a little bit of a just in the vein of superheroes. Yeah, because of, you know, Deadpool just came out last month. Yeah. And uh, Deadpool has now changed because I'm a salesperson. Deadpool has now changed the way I sell to hot middle aged women. Interesting. Caused a paradigm shifted yes and you're and i've been doing this for over a decade and and deadpool yeah. has now changed the way i sell certain things i know that and johnny's a salesman extraordinaire so i know it because i worked with him at a previous my pre- previous job for both of us and uh, so i've seen him firsthand that yeah so he's evolving his game yes because of deadpool so anyway he's got a bit for us it's well, let's leave it a surprise. Yeah, yeah. But it does involve a song. Yes, it does. From the 80s. Yes, it does. And it's going to be a fun little thing he's going to introduce to us a little bit. Bang, boom, kapow, 
in tribute to Batman versus Superman, the Deadpool that came out before that, mm-hmm. about a month ahead. Yeah, so got we about had a month on it. Back to back superhero flicks in the cinema. Yeah, yeah now, now we're, we're we're only about a little over a month away from two more. Yeah, so it gets it gets even gooder. Yeah, even better. So we're gonna talk about Batman versus Superman. Of course, now the reviews have been out. Web has exploded with their opinions and, mm-hmm. and what their asses think. We're going to do something a little different on that. When we, when we hit that here in a little bit, we're going to review the reviewers. But before we do that, Johnny has got... Is it a song? It, it is. It's a song, and it, it's it's a way to a, appeal to the hot moms of the Lakeline market area. Yeah, and so you work at the Sprint. You're, you're yes. representative uh, for Sprint. You sell at the Sprint store. And we're in Austin, Texas, so you're in the Lakeline Mall? Right. No, not in the mall, in the market. So it's right by the H-E-B yeah. Plus. So it's a pretty nice area. Uh-huh. Um, you know, people with, you know, expendable income. It's near the Lakeway area? Yes. Or is, you know, so you got your soccer moms. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to H-E-B in the yoga pants, the Lululemons. The big SUVs. Oh, yeah. The tanks they're driving around. There's a Beverly nail salon next door. Put it this way. They serve champagne at the nail salon. Mm-hmm. So there's always a, an abundance of Lexus, Mercedes, Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. We've even, you know, Maseratis, Lamborghinis. They're all... Parked out there, zooming, zooming around. around. Yeah. yeah, zooming around. So it's it's ripe and ready if you're looking for a uh, sugar mama. Yes. Uh, um, if you if you want to find Milf Nation in Austin, we we've, we've got more than one Milf Nation, mm-hmm. but there's Westlake also. Oh yeah. Probably Terrytown. Uh, the Lake Travis area. Lake Travis area, and then you're out Lake uh, Lake in the Lakeway Lakeline area. So you're out there, and you're having to think. You as a salesman, you have to know. You have to change based on your demographic. Like so, if we moved you suddenly out to mm-hmm. East Austin, you'd be selling to a different market out there. So you'd have oh, to yeah. adjust. You know, if you go to East Austin and East Side, you may have to like grow your beard out suddenly longer mm-hmm. and do like a uh, you know shave the sides of your head. Mm-hmm. Do something a little bit more. Get a couple more tattoos. Get a couple more tattoos, and that would be you know, uh, have a have a Franklin's barbecue sandwich. You know, mm-hmm. eating it while you're on the like sitting, oh, standing, yeah. standing there by the Sprint um, store. Tor- you got your cup from Torchies. Uh huh. Yeah, you got your cup from Torchies, so you'd be repping in that different way. So you've come, you know, so you're always evolving for your your demographic, and then you saw Deadpool. Yes. And so now you said Deadpool has made a paradigm shift in how you sell to some of the fine ladies that come yes. into the Sprint store. Is that play on this idea, this song? Yes, because oh. this is this was the, the 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 ending credits song for this, and basically throughout the movie, Deadpool is teasing his love interest about how good Wham is, and he says it's not just Wham, it's Wham with the exclamation point. Yeah, so a little little mini spoiler there for you. Mm-hmm. Mini spoiler alerts. Mini spoiler alert. All right, here it is. So, I mean, you want me to play uh, the song Careless Whisper? Basically, my tactic is I Bluetooth my phone to one of the $450 speakers we sell, Bluetooth uh-huh. speakers. So it's a nice one. It's a Harman yeah. Kardon. So I Bluetooth my phone to it, and then, and I'll even help... You know, because we're a store where it's just five guys working there. Uh-huh. So we're we're like the it's perfect a big sausage party, perfect perfect group to sell to all these ladies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To guys where randomly, blast, while they're you know up there at the at the glass, they're you know they're going over their upgrade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll hit play on this song. Uh, to get their attention. Here it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny Lightfoot, a little careless whisper, perhaps. So basically, as this song plays, 
what you're gonna do is their, their ears are gonna perk up a little bit mm-hmm. and they're gonna be like what wow i've even had a couple of them they'll start slow dancing right there and then then they said like who's playing this and i'll say oh i'm playing it and they're like from how you were just standing in front of me i said oh it's from my phone and they're like oh what is it coming from they, they get real in the mood and I say, oh, follow me over here to this speaker. You see this? This is the Mercedes-Benz of speakers oh. and careless whisper coming from this speaker just, it sells itself mm-hmm. and they, they can't help themselves when they hear George Michaels because he's never going to dance again. The smooth, silky voice of George Michael. Yes. And... These ladies in their Lululemons cannot help themselves. They love this speaker. So that's it. That's the new sales tactic. And I want to thank Deadpool for helping me make money. If it wasn't for for thinking Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, you've made Johnny Light. Not only did you make money yourself Mm -hmm. in that Deadpool venture, Johnny Lightfoot has now made huge commissions. Thanks so to thank 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 all those those fine people. Thank you, Fox, for giving Deadpool a chance. Because without without that chance, you know, time can never mend the careless whisper. No. And as soon as you hear that saxophone come in, it I mean immediately their ears perk up like oh. a dog that just heard a whistle. That's what that's that's what seals the deal, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Is, is once that sax, do you sway back and forth with the with the sax when it comes on? Yeah, and do the air sax? Yeah, and you say, you know, come follow me. Mm-hmm. Start slowly raising the volume. Where is that air? Where's the sax at? Let's see, have we have we had that yet? Oh, there it is. Oh. I'm gonna sway back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I'm never gonna dance again. Nobody can get mad at this song. Basically, this puts anybody in the mood, especially middle-aged women. You know, you're right. You really hit on a good point there. Nobody could possibly get mad when this song comes on. You just want to love and be loved and made love too, and you yeah. want to make love to that and it, it to make love. To, you know, they could they could end ISIS with this song. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is one of those, and I can't think of the name of the song, but there's a group out there, and this came out probably about a week ago. They now, they they dub this song into movie endings that would normally be very serious in tone, but when you dub the song in there, it could be the end of Mad Max Fury Genius. Road, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's, it seems so, like, unbelievably sultry and... <laughs> We're like, you know, the end of Dark Knight where Gordon's talking about how he's not the hero we deserve, need, or we're the one yes. we deserve, and then, but instead you put a different music in the background. Mmm, mm, yeah. I can feel that. It gives me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Really, it does. You see Batman flying down the highway, but with some smooth saxophone and George Michael's vocals hitting that range. And this is a five-minute song, and they don't make a lot of songs that are five minutes long. This song could be ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it'll hold a person's attention. Shit. I mean, it could be a 45-minute, like, long... It could be, like, the length of a short movie. Maybe mm-hmm. 90 minutes. Let's make this 90 minutes of Careless Whisper. Yeah. Really, though, they could take this to, like, those GOP debates where they're fighting and calling mm-hmm. each other names. They and could you just, just start playing this music. People and, would calm down. And everybody would start swaying back and forth and being... And then they could have 
ISIS. They could take this to ISIS and they could calm it's, them down. And stop blowing up train. I mean, it would just be like swaying back and forth. Suddenly they would love each other. It's basically peace, peace summits. Yeah. All peace summits should have George Michael careless whisper. Ba- basically, Clockwork Orange got it wrong. They didn't need to like open somebody's eyelids and make them watch horrible videos. They just needed to put some some headphones on and play careless whisper. I think you're onto something, Johnny. I think you've picked it up. There it is. The so- <laughs> the solution to all of our world problems all along was Careless Whisper. Yes, and we George, just didn't know. And also a way to increase your sales volume. If mm-hmm, you're in sales, mm-hmm. Yeah, you increase, you're giving a trade secret away there. Oh, that is true. Dang. Maybe you should... Well, you well should. but see, if you work in Lincoln Village, that's not going to work on the homies of Lincoln Village. No. Good point. I mean, it might put them in a better mood, but they're not going to be dancing with you. Yeah, Lincoln Village, different market, different demographic. See, that technique might not work. In fact, it may have the opposite... Mm-hmm. Effect and now I think something like Tupac, yeah, you probably get some sales. Yeah, you could you could tell me see see that would be uh, no. This is what I I think I got I got the perfect song here. Maybe if you go to the younger market, you have to come up with something that's a little bit more contemporary. Mm-hmm. Some of the young kids over at Lincoln might want um, some Rihanna, maybe. I th- I think so. This is what I'd play if I was at Lincoln Village. Work 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 work. Mm-hmm. Then you'd have them all dancing. Come on now, you know you want that Bluetooth speaker. Oh yeah. You know your fine ass wants that Bluetooth speaker. Exactly. I'd start like gyrating up against the Bluetooth speaker. See, this this speaker makes you work. Work. You've got to work so you can get this Bluetooth speaker. Come on. All right, there you go. (laughs) All right, so there's some sales techniques from Johnny Lightfoot. There you go. You're and welcome. Little trade secret. Ooh. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. That's what you <laughs> should write. You write uh, George Michael a thank you letter. <laughs> Wham, Wham bam, bam. Thank, thank you, ma'am. Man. Yeah. All right. We're talking some Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. up in this place. And, you know, I have to say, reviews were not, like, cross the board positive. Just no, go ahead. Not, and, not critically, no. No, I mean from the critics. Yeah, you were talking about for the critics from the the Rotten Tomato. Mm-hmm. Actually, initially when the movie uh, had its first screening, social media was blowing up with really positive. Right. I think I think audi- audiences so far have taken it, you know, fairly well. I think the critical response uh, is is much harsher. Yeah, yeah. The critics' response has been pretty pretty harsh. Critics critics are always. Critics, you know, critics mm-hmm. are going to be what critics are. They're they're going to be more harsh than the person on the street. Generally, we as a society have become more DIY critics mm-hmm. thanks to things like Yelp. Businesses are always walking on eggshells, like in, in pins and needles, uh, worrying about getting a bad Yelp review. Because if you're a new mm-hmm. business and you get a bad Yelp can, review can early you. on, it can just it could put you out. Of, I've heard restaurants that literally they opened up, they got a bad review out of the gate. Whether it was Boom. whether it was right or wrong, they got a bad review that just totally lynched them, and it it, it closed them. Because if you're a new business starting off and you don't have enough of a bankroll to guarantee that you mm-hmm. can pay buy your way through slow times, you get a bad review out of the gate, it can close your ass down. I've actually gone. It's, if that's pissed me off so much, because that me owning my own business, that's pissed me off so much. There's been times where I've seen other businesses get bad reviews. That I felt were unjustified, so I mm-hmm. went in and rebuttaled the review, <laughs> and I've actually had mine pulled down because well, one time there was a barbecue restaurant 
someone opened up in town, but it hasn't. It wasn't open yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't open yet. They were still working on the deck, you know, getting it de- decked out and mm-hmm. ready to go. And people started writing reviews for the restaurant that wasn't open. And I knew about this because the restaurant was near where where I live. So. I'm like, that's fucked up. This restaurant's not even open yet, and people are already closing it down. And the thing that people were reviewing it on was that they, uh, how the location was really bad. Whatever they write in the text, but the stars, if something's getting one star, something's getting one and a half star, people might not even get to the text. They might just say, so those reviews are going to affect you. Basically, when it does open, people are going to Google it, and they're going to see, well, God, this place place is getting stink. Must stink. It's getting like out of the gate. Like so, I actually reviewed someone saying, "Why are people reviewing a business that hasn't even opened yet? That doesn't, you know." And so I got mine pulled down. But the people that were writing them, oh, they didn't goodness. get theirs written pulled down by Yelp. So, I, but it was kind of fun for like a day to see my my uh, rebuttal to their review and <laughs> and kind of enjoyed that a little bit. It was gave me a little bit of a, a kind of felt justification there. Yeah, uh, kind of. I was the vigilante of the Yelp. Review world, right? You were trying, you were trying to troll slay, exactly. Taking justice in my own hands, like Batman. Mm-hmm. Did. So speaking of the Batman, oh, I got a live one here. That right there is Bat Dance, recorded by Prince for the Batman soundtrack, Tim Burton's Batman, starring uh, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger. Um, Want to take a moment? We were off last week. I was record. I was working wall to wall. I had three weddings back to back to back, so I didn't record a show last week. But uh, Prince passed away on Thursday. Tragic death. Yeah. And I have uh, put up a mini episode where I talk about my experience on the day that Prince passed away. And, and I was actually on the phone with TMZ as they were breaking the story. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you. Something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Instead of asking mama, give your time. Ask mama, 
and I was on Skype as they were breaking the story. Hey everybody, it is Harvey and Charles, and uh, we have very sad news. Prince has died. Um, we just broke the story on the website. Uh, he was 57 years old. Because I was supposed to go on TMZ that day to talk about, of all things, Kelly Ripper and, uh, and Michael uh, Michael Strahan and their uh, the debacle that's going on on that, that daytime talk show. At any rate, that was pulled, and I didn't make it on the show that day. I finally got on this week, a few days ago. At any rate, uh, we want to acknowledge uh, much respect to a great artist Prince was. And uh, talking about Batman as we are right now, this was uh, he did the entire soundtrack to that movie. It was amazing. I think Prince should do at least should have been on every should have done a song for every Batman movie after that. To be honest with you. Anyway, much respect to Prince, and we're going to be doing more on on Prince later. But um, yeah, terribly uh, terrible, huge terrible loss, and a great artist. And I can't think of a better pairing than Prince for a Batman soundtrack. There's just so many overlays and parallels of of the Prince world and the Batman world. Okay, now moving on. Okay, now from Batman to Batman versus Superman. Movies, when they first come out, there's a lot of excitement. We get really, you know, worked up about it. And we go to the premiere night. We get caught up in the hype. And then a movie like this, now that it's been out for weeks and weeks and weeks, you go back and see it maybe a second, a third, a fourth time. Do we like the movie less or do we like the movie more? What You know, based from first reaction to our second or third viewing, how do they change? It's Thursday night, you're going to have a lot of fanboys there. Yeah. Friday night... I saw a lot of families. I tried to like gauge mm-hmm. what people were doing during mm-hmm. the film and then like also go in and try to see if I missed anything the first mm-hmm. time. Try to, you know, go in and then after a third time my my views even changed a little bit more. So Absolutely, yeah. And the second and third screenings, uh you see some things you missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad, depending. So this, you know, let's look at you know the the elephant that's in the room is this movie with critics has not gotten the best reviews on Rotten Tomato. It's at twenty nine percent. I don't know how that compares uh, in comparison to say Man of Steel and what it was getting when I, it. I want to say Man of Steel was like sixty nine seventy, so it was fresh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know like Force Awakens yeah. level of positive, but most it was, movie, and most movies aren't. No, but I mean it was definitely twice and more percentage-wise better than uh, BVS. Mm-hmm. So pull the uh, the mm-hmm. mask off for a second. As a fan of the genre and Superman mm-hmm. versus Batman, this this film. As a film. As a film. Tell me what you think. Now you've seen it three times. Right. You've got so some new opinions. After the first time, and obviously I was in there with a bunch of more fanboys, Yeah. I came out I came out really excited. Absolutely. Because visually it was very interesting. Captures your mind mm-hmm. and your eyes, um, and so I was really excited. The second time, mm-hmm. I bumped it down quite a bit because mm-hmm. um, I was basically in there analyzing the pacing, the editing, yeah. uh, critiquing the different actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third time, I went in specifically l- trying to look at the things I had on the second time said we're bad yeah and tried to look at those from a different point of view Mm -hmm. and it brought it up slightly so i kind of ended up somewhere in between where i felt the first time and the second time which is a solid bb minus 
Yeah. Um, I mean, there are things I enjoyed and things I didn't, mm-hmm. as with any movie. Um, but I mean, like I said, that's with any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you go in there, obviously trying to pick out things to hate, you're going to hate the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, movies like this, the big ones, the ones that are coming from a big brand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Batman and Superman are two of the biggest, two of the biggest brands that are out there mm-hmm. over the last several decades. Yeah. And we're looking at something that was never done before. Yeah. And we talked about that when we were getting ready to record, uh, we were downstairs shoving, um, uh, pizza down our, mm-hmm. our faces. <laughs> like I'm seeing the Batmobile slight evolutions from movie series to movie series, mm-hmm. but they're sort of staying there. They kind of defined in the Dark Knight what modern day Batmobile is going to look right. like, and it's so and what it needs to be able to do. Yeah, and there's been different variations. Exactly. So there's been some different variation. No one's doing a throwback to the 1960s TV series Batmobile. No, in current know, current movies convertible. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, but they have that sort of look, kind of more of a tank, kind of more military ready mm-hmm. uh, armor and what it, like you were saying, right. what it can do. So that thing has been kind of adapted, adopted, and moved to this series from the Dark Knight. Some of the costuming being darker, uh, mm-hmm. not as light and bright like the, you know, 1990s and 1960s Batman, where mm-hmm. there's a little more color yeah, in the costume. Yeah, Joel, Joel Schumacher. Ooh. Oh, well, then they got really too much color in that, in that version of Batman. Basically, they were trying to sell toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what the, st- the studio really, at that point, kind of swooped in. Yeah. And they brought in their Joel Schumacher, and it's like, yeah, we're just now we're really just going to sell some toys. And, and this was definitely not that, because I'll tell you, there was, on the time I saw it by myself, there was a family of four to the mm-hmm. left of me, and it was probably about a 14-year-old girl, mm-hmm. probably about a seven or eight-year-old boy, a mom and dad. Yeah. And they were enjoying the movie. And then the little boy starts tugging at dad, saying he wants to leave, that he's scared. This is a third screening? Uh, no, this was the second one. So I was by myself. This was Friday for ba- night. For Batman versus yes. Superman, yeah. And so there was a family, and the young boy was tugging on dad's, talking about how he wanted to go outside. Interesting. And uh, the, the girl and the dad were like, shh, shh. And then, you know, mom kind of took over mm-hmm. and just basically the enti- the rest of the movie, he faced away from the screen laying in her lap. He wow. was scared of this film. What parts did he start doing that at? Spoiler. Oh, by the way, spoiler Spo- spoilers across the board, <laughs> because there are some things that can be spoiled for a person who hasn't seen this movie yet. Spoiled out that wazoo. You have not seen Batman versus Superman. Shut, <laughs> shut this off. Yes. Go listen to one of our other podcasts. Go watch the movie, then come back. Then come back and listen and we can chime in. Um, I would say the first. I don't think that I noticed it like the first time when Batman was introduced, mm-hmm. when he was just kind of hovering up there on the wall and he started like crawling across yeah. the wall. Yeah. Um, but it was really in that uh, that nightmare where he woke up and there was like a bat monster mm-hmm. screaming, and then in the in the nightmare gotcha. sequence with those those sure. the parademons, the winged creatures, mm-hmm. and things like that, he was, and, and I guess the sound too is very loud movie. Yeah. And so that. That was when he started, you know, talking, and that's when I started paying attention to. Uh, but I'd say he was probably about seven. Mm-hmm. You brought something up interesting. You're talking about Joel Schumacher. So for me, now it falls in a B minus for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, if you want to gauge that, where I would, you know, how that works against other films, uh, I had probably Man of Steel somewhere around B plus. I can I, agree with that. Force Awakens, I gave a an A. 
Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back would would have been an A plus. Yeah, and I'm different than most people, so I actually gave Return of the Jedi an A plus as mm-hmm. well. Um, so so there, those are where you know kind of where it falls for me. Uh, this movie is not perfect. No, and we both agree on that. But it's definitely not. I don't agree. It's as, it's it was as grim as the critics that have gone after it with this movie. It's not. Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, by no stretch of the imagination, no, and that's which what is what the review, it. which is what the reviews was making me think. I was like, "Oh my God, this is going to be Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds," mm-hmm. or "Oh my, it wasn't even Superman Returns." It's not on that level. No, um, it's and even Superman Returns, I want to say, is sitting at like a sixty percent. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dislike Superman Returns as much as other people, but it 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 falls uh, under this film. It, oh yeah. For me, it falls above Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Yes. But it falls under this film and falls under some others for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that as a whole, Deadpool better movie, but they're very different movies. Yes, very, very different movies. So an audience uh, of kids, you're not going to take to see Deadpool, but you definitely might take them to see this movie. If I mean, you got to know your kid. Like, my yeah. four-year-old nephew watches Freddy Krueger. There's no way he's sure. going to be scared of this. Exactly. I'm thinking that kid that I saw in the theater, and I had heard stories of other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are probably kids that are used to, you know, watching Star Wars Rebels, and mm-hmm. all they watch is cartoon, you know, cartoon mm-hmm. Batman. They're not, they, this isn't, and I think that's what critics were expecting was another Marvel movie, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another Avengers, very lighthearted. Well, even Dark Knight. Uh, on the DC mm-hmm. side, the Dark Knight um, classic movies could have been Academy Award nominated yes. in, in, on certain years when the competition would have worked out for them. They could have nominated at least two of those movies, I think, could have been nominated for Best Picture. They're a different type of movies, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight works in a more sophisticated uh, approach. Right. It's kind of a crime thriller if you look at it that way. It's darker. And the stuff that they're doing in the Zack Snyder's DC World. It's very comic book. You can't do that in a Christopher Nolan. No. Batman, ba- Batman can't move that way in a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, you can't put Doomsday in the Dark Knight. No. That would not work. Um, that just wouldn't fit. And, and some of the characters, the way they're written. But it is it is modern. These are modern. Mm-hmm. I mean, they modernize the characters. Um Superman and, and Batman. They're, they're dealing with very serious subject matter. I mm-hmm. mean, you're talking about terrorists in Africa, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I feel like they kind of treated Superman the way that our world would probably treat Superman in our day and age. Yeah. No, that's... It, that's it's not like the 70s where everybody's, you know, la-di-da. Waving the, Ameri- the flag. And, the fla- you know, mm-hmm. we're all in support of everything. We live in a, a very... Uh, Cynical world. This is not the Christopher Reeves. This is not your daddy's or your granddaddy's Superman. No, this can't. And it can't be if they're going to make it in this time. Uh, you know, we talked about the podcast the other day. I had a friend, late friend, passed away, and he had told me after Superman Returns came out, sort of they ki- uh, uh, killed it after that, and we're going to reboot it. Right, still- because they, they were trying to go back to Christopher Reeves, and it just doesn't work today. They were going with what they thought was safe to kind of a continuation of something that was very successful. Even though it had been many years, it had been too long at that point to try to continue. Mm-hmm. So it was confused, and they were mixing things in that were modern, but sort of didn't feel right with that version of Superman. So he had, had came up with the idea of doing Superman in the 50s and doing a movie series 
where they go back. It took place in the 50s, yeah. Yeah, which made sense. That could be done still later. I think that mm-hmm. would be, when they're looking for a unique way to get interest in another Superman reboot, that could be fun. It could be like, you know, because look how much fun it was to see Michael J. Fox Back to the Future where you saw some elements of sci-fi but thrown into the 1950s. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of fun. So uh, later on down the road, I think that, that could be fun. But this movie, I think you hit it on the nose. It's a comic book in a movie. That's what Zach, and Zack Snyder said in his more recent interviews after the reviews were coming out. He said, you know, I, I'm a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to bring that execution. Right. And you see that when you see the Doomsday, where Superman is lifting Doomsday up into space. Yes, it's it's very much so like a splash page. Like if, if anybody reads comics, it's very much like a, a comic book spa, a splash page. Mm-hmm. What these films, when you decide, this is where you get into uh, the liability of a studio. When you decide you're going to reboot a character very mm-hmm. quickly after a previous successful series like the dark knight you're going to have the liability that people are going to be very critical and and putting it under a microscope they're going to compare it to what your previous interpretation was right because it's a side-by-side comparison right and And i think think the critics are doing that it's a liability for Mm -hmm. this so when you decided you're you know if it had been me i would have wanted to wait on batman for a little while i would have wanted to go ahead and continue on with that man of steel Zack snyder's superman Mm -hmm. i would have even been fine with with incorporating Wonder Woman and some other superheroes in there. But I've been like, whoa, Nelly on Batman. That that's dangerous. You know, but then at the same time, here's the here's the conflict. Actually I'll say Ben Ben Affleck's Batman was one of the highlights of the movie. Uh he was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And I remember uh, a few episodes back you had asked me in agree or disagree about Affleck. Yeah. With Affleck Yeah. Whether I thought it was awful and I had said from from day one I was defending him. I yeah. thought he was going to be great. And the web went after him when he was the first announced. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was a lynch mob. But then again, there's that liability when you decide you're going to bring a character back so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it happened in Spider Man, and maybe it was more justifiable even with the Spider Man uh, with because you you were coming off of failures. Yeah. So people wanted something new, whereas the Dark Knight trilogy was such a success mm-hmm. that's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, classic. Those are mm-hmm. classics. The Dark yes. Knight, the Dark Knight trilogy is a classic, and so it's you're holding that comparison up to that. That's that's a tough uh, liability for Ben Affleck, for Zack Snyder, for for Warner Brothers to say, okay, we're we're going for it, but you're gonna. This is what you're gonna run into now. Time can sort of you can move away from that mm-hmm. so if they're able to stay on life support long enough with this interpretation of batman and this universe i think they can rebound and i think they can pull right. away from and i those. mean money money wise it's not enough for them to just ditch everything they've already done they're still gonna they they're gonna start filming justice league yeah and there was rumors that were going to delay that because of the and i don't know if it's just again people piling on the web piling on right and the, their web is piling on it and Zack snyder is doing everything he can to kind of be like you can do what you want but we're already we're doing this he's posting pictures of him and mm-hmm. jason momoa with the costumes mm-hmm. and everything so the web piles on they pile on on positives and they pile on on negatives mm-hmm. and once you know the reviews started coming out it's and a people- snowball decided it's a snowball and then so because as you see it drops you'll see it it was started off like at 30s and now it's down to 29 percent on on the uh 
uh, Rotten Tomato. Now we're going to review the reviews here. Uh, let's see. Batman versus Superman. This is Kit Bowen from the movie kit. Uh, Dawn of Justice. By the way, if you ever go camping, don't forget your movie kit. You need that along with your survival kit. Dawn of Justice isn't in any way a perfect comic book movie, but it has enough for it that will make fans happy. Okay. Well, see, that's the thing. She must have gone in with the mindset of it being a masterpiece because she even says it's not a perfect comic book movie. So basically, because it's not a perfect comic book movie, you rottened it. Mm -hmm. She's got this over-the-shoulder pic. I told you we're going to review the reviews and we're going to review the reviewers. (laughs) Kit Bowen's photo, she's she's kind of doing an over-the-shoulder kind of... That, you know that picture yeah. people take where they stand kind of to the side and they do the over-the-shoulder yeah, look? Yeah, the thing is, I bet Kit Bowen's been to a few premieres and seen the actresses do that. And it works for Gal Gadot, but I don't think it works for Kit. Oh, man. I like her, kind of her flip, though, that she's got there. <laughs> it's a tiny picture, so we really can't say Kit Bowen. I do like her name, Kit. Yeah, Kit. Oh, I get it. The movie Kit? The movie Kit. Kit, Kit Bowen. Kit oh, okay. Okay. Now, we got um, Anne Lee... Ellingson, L.A. Biz. Are these real, like, movie, like, publications? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Are these just people in the blogosphere? Yeah. So here's this one. Their first big screen pairing is a hot mess with too many storylines to get through to enjoy. I'd like to be in a hot mess with Gal Gardot. Mm -hmm. Speaking of hot messes with this movie. With too many storylines to get through to enjoy the elaborate production design or even figure out how we're supposed to feel. I... I can kind of agree with that because my biggest fault with the movie mm-hmm. was there was a little too much going on in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of storylines that kind of streamlined towards the end mm-hmm. uh, to where all the heroes came together and they had a single focus. Uh, whereas, you know, in the middle, Lex was doing this and Lex was doing that and Bruce is doing this and Wonder Woman's doing that and Clark is doing that. There's a lot going on. I understand that. Um, and I think with that... They, I mean, they had to cut out a lot. 30 minutes out of a three-hour movie, that's one-sixth of your movie you're cutting out because mm-hmm. the studio is worried about runtime because that's how you make your money. You keep it two and a half or less. Yeah. That gets you one extra screening per day at every theater in the nation. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So I have a feeling the Blu-ray cut will be better. I agree. Uh, let's see. If Christopher Reeve were alive, he'd be suing for character libel. <laughs> Wow. That one was like, ouch. I read that one and I was like, ow. Ed Whitfield is salty. Ed Whitfield, very. He's from the O, the O Tray. The O Tray. Interesting. Which is also a hip hop group from the 90s. And his picture. uh, It's just Ed. It's just a red Ed. He scribbled that on a bathroom stall wall. And then took a picture of it and loaded it up as his logo for his for his blogosphere. All all these those people probably don't even really exist. Yeah, there's a lot of people chiming in that the fat guys at the movies, Kevin Carr, he actually gives it. He's you know the red tomato, so it's not a rotten. Mm -hmm. Batman versus Superman, Batman v Superman, rather. Dawn of Justice isn't going to please everyone, but it certainly achieved what it was aiming for in this bout. And I I can agree with that because essentially they had one movie to set up an entire universe, Mm -hmm. whereas Marvel they they had a lot of setup. They was that a mistake? Was that was that a mistake? Should they have been more patient and rolled some trickle out 
over movie? Over I would have, uh-huh. but I think what Warner Brothers sees is the popularity of Batman in this country yeah. is starting to gain more traction because he's more, uh, you know, technology. And- we were talking about that, and we were having our theories because you did uh, and new videos up all the time, and yep. he's, he did a immediate reaction he was at the theater and mm-hmm. he was asking people are you team batman or team superman because the movie is pitting superman versus batman together against each other and it was by a landslide batman yes was not only like, I, I was literally trying to seek out superman people mm-hmm. i had a theory on this but my theory could be different than other people's theory i know you had seen some other theories on it too but i felt like batman had been more in our conscience in mm-hmm. movies in, in over the years since Michael yeah. Keaton's Batman in the not in the uh, is it the early nineties mm-hmm. yeah early nineties we've had a new Batman movie and new Batman you know over twenty years we had Dark Knight years. we had the animation yes the animated series mm-hmm. so Superman was kind of on the shelf for a long time and I think it was a lot of that is to thank is to the success of Christopher Reeves as playing Superman I think the studio really had a hard time figuring out how they were going to follow that lead right. And coming out with an, and also there was some of the elements probably they didn't know how to modernize Superman and make it where they felt they were worried it was going to be cheesy or campy. Mm-hmm. So he's harder to modernize. That's more of a challenge there. Where Batman can be evolved and modernized, and it always seems to evolve well. Yes. Where Superman, you have to. It's really a slippery slope. You have to be careful. So that's why they were more tentative in rebooting Superman. It took them a long time to do it, and then the first effort didn't quite stick. So yeah. then they efforted again with Man of Steel after they kind of went back in the huddle for a little while. And speaking of super friends, we've got a, one of the little dogs from the doggy version of the Justice League that keeps trying to jump join the podcast. And she gives a, giving us a paw here. But I told her she's for television more than for, <laughs> for audio. So yeah, so there's that. So there's two, the verses. So I think in more, so the generation currently, like they're... They've seen Batman. They've had Batman more in their their life. Where yes. Superman kind of didn't come back until just recently. Like twenty years from now, is Superman just going to go away? Do you think it's going to become irrelevant because it's going to be just too impossible to try to, you know? And that's been brought up. We've talked about that recently. Um, I don't think he'll be become like irrelevant. Now the I NBA mean, NBA loves Superman. Oh yeah, he's been adapted as a alter ego kind of character that a lot of basketball players have oh, yeah. identified well, and then even right now with uh our nfl mvp yeah in football too super in the in the in the professional sports world superman is because well is those, those guys relate to it though mm-hmm. i mean it's harder to relate to superman as just an average joe you it's a good point yeah um whereas if you're this ultra one percent athlete you're you're gonna be like yeah you know doing the shirt pose mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, well, here's a here's a positive positive one. Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice provides celebration and euphoric material, especially for fans of the graphic novels that serve as inspiration. It delivers a story with flaws and an uneven development of his characters. This is from a Cinexception. So that's a Spanish. Uh, site and that's mm-hmm. Hugo Hernandez Valdivia. All right, Hugo. So Hugo doesn't even have a photo. Hugo has one of those like little empty persons, like mm-hmm. those friend requests you get on Facebook from yeah. people you don't know. And this could be like some like psychopath, psychopathic weird, weirdo. Uh, see, here's here's that's a reliable. 
one there. Finally, you know, if you're like a longtime movie critic that's actually been established and then you have to be your default, you're like at the bottom of the page and you got all these people mm-hmm. that are ahead of you that probably just, you know, have a random like online blog that they mm-hmm. slap together and, you know, a couple of days. It's like, why don't I get my vote counted on Rotten Tomatoes? There's Leonard Malton. All right. Real guy. Leonard Malton's picks. When when was it decided superhero movies shouldn't be any fun? Whoa. So yeah, yeah, he's attacking the serious nature of the the movie itself. Yeah, so which which become kind of a you know see and that yeah that's the that's the thing we were talking about was like I think if you went in there expecting Avengers you were going to be disappointed. Of course, when I clicked to Leonard Malton's website, I ended up getting a uh, ad for AFI Fest. And it says click to skip. So when was it decided that movie reviews should actually be an ad for AFI Fest instead? <laughs> instead of an actual movie review and a website. Oh, all right. Okay. I, like, I love Leonard, Leonard Moulton. I've, I've watched him for years. I've watched his movie reviews for years. Oh, this guy gets a star for being top critic. How do you get a star for... How does Leonard Moulton not get a star for being top critic? Yeah. This guy's Christopher Orr, which is from a legitimate publication, The Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman is a tiresome, ill-tempered film and one too lazy even to earn its dismal outlook. Wow. Meanwhile, Christopher Orr will try to seduce you with his his eyes. (laughs) He is. He is. And his little smirk in his picture. You know what? He's actually, he's playing Careless Whisper while he's looking, giving that look. I think you're right. Uh, Christopher Orr is never going to dance again. Nope. Another one of these uh, no picture defaults could be a psychopath hiding behind their screen. Whitney Seabold. Seabold. Interesting. Legion of Leia. Dawn of Justice is a test of will and of stamina. Linda Cook, who's got a picture, looks like it was taken in the 1950s. Wow. And it's Quad City Times, Davenport, Iowa. And we know that's a big movie oh, media yeah. mecca, oh, yeah. Davenport, Iowa. Bam! CGI defeats Batman v Superman. Oh, See, based on her picture and the fact that she's from Iowa, I have a feeling she's one of those people who can't let go of Christopher Reeve. Yeah, she's. I mean, seriously, there's a picture. It looks like it was taken in like <laughs> 1957. So I think she's still stuck. Maybe even if it goes back even old oh, world the school, jo- the George Reeves. Yeah, George Reeves Superman. I think she's still stuck on that version of Batman, uh, which there's no CGI. It's basically stuff hanging by a string mm-hmm. to look like it's flying in the air. What's the matter, Superman? You look cold. Where are they? What have you done with them? Yeah. Uh, one more, Mike McGranahan McGranahan from the Isle Seat. One of the worst superhero movies ever made. No, no, it is worse than Batman and Robin. No, Whoa. oh come on, <laughs> he's clickbait. He's clickbait. This guy, and then again, this is a picture that looks like a guy who could easily be um, have like you know when you get those notices that. Um, Somebody moved into your neighborhood. That, oh, that's immediately what I was thinking. He yeah, like. that there. This hey, where's well, the warning? <laughs> this guy was on Catch the Predator. How is it? Hey. Great. Wow. These are home baked. Do you want time to finish your cookie or? Um, not really. Okay, so you're good. If I ask you a couple questions, just on my way to the beach. Then I remind generic white male that Jolanda told you him she was 15. What? No way. You know, I have the transcript. But he continues with, 
how bad this movie is. He says it's worse than Catwoman. And then he goes on to say that if you're 14 and you like Jared Fogle, then if you're free Wednesday night, meet him at the Dairy Queen. Yeah. You got clickbait and then you got jailbait. Yeah, he's both. He's both. Because yeah. he says it's even worse than last summer's Fantastic Oh, Four. come on. <laughs> I just want to punch the screen where there's pictures that where his pictures at. Not only does is is he a, a child person, he likes little kids, but he's also a movie troll. So yeah, how so, did he get on Rotten Tomatoes? You know, his his little his thing's called aisle seat, and I was like, oh yeah, you come and meet me on, and I got a spot in the in the aisle seat. You can come come. Meet me in the aisle seat, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody this movie was worse than Fantastic Four and Batman versus Robin, and, and I'm gonna be clickbait, and you can be my jailbait. Okay, exactly. Oh boy. I got one more one to hit before we uh, tie this up, like Batman or like Wonder Woman with her lasso. Oh yeah. And by the way, Gal Gadot. Oh, she was fantastic. I thought fantastic, and I can't wait for the Wonder Woman standalone. That that part, and I was talking. She was my roommate's favorite part, to where he actually plays her theme song at at home now. That Gal Gadot. You're talking about Team Batman, Team Superman. There's going to be a Team Wonder Woman that's going to be growing population because of Gal Gadot. Uh And I liked it. One thing that really stood out for me with her is later in the film after. So let's go ahead and spoil alert everybody. Okay. Superman died. Yes, that 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 took balls. That took some balls. But I want to I want to ask you. We'll mm-hmm. do this another time because this is a whole other like topic and show on its own. How they're going to bring Superman back to life? What the yeah. what the I mean right, he's he's died before in comic books. Yes, in stories. So they've got some stories that they can pull from. It's just interesting they would do that when they're trying to form the Justice League. Yeah, and that there's some sto- already some stuff on the web kind of talking about that a little bit. Apparently Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan might have had an influence in Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's decision to do that, from what I'm understanding. So, interesting stuff. So they kill Superman. So, Lois Lane, mm-hmm. they're, they're, uh, that was one of the best, that was one of the best scenes for me, was after Superman dies, and they picked him up, and they're kind of... Giving, pulled, delivering him to... Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman... And her, the sensitive and sympathetic look in her face, her eyes. Well, and she, she kind of flips it. She does a good job of flipping a switch because literally five minutes earlier, she got tossed to the ground and she kind of turns around and like gives a little like smirk mm-hmm. at Doomsday. Like she's having fun, like battle. Like, yeah. And then she turns into kind of this motherly, I've been around a hundred years person. She, a lot of layers to her role because she played a cold, like very cold and like... Heart, very unapproachable, kind of like not going to give you the time of day kind of girl at the party. Mm-hmm. Like very unapproachable. And, you know, and the costuming with her throughout the movie when she's not in her Wonder Woman costume, yeah. it's still like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm team, you're going to ask me who I'm, team Batman or team Superman? I'm team Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a flash question for you on a future uh, agree or disagree All too. Right. So uh, r- related to that as well. But yeah, that was those were the kind of things you wanted to go back and see again when they were showing the uh, the Aquaman and Flash in that uh, little blurb, the mm-hmm. little spot. Was the Superman dying? Was that the biggest surprise for you in the whole film? 
That was the biggest surprise because I already kind of knew about the whole apocalypse mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, you know, the, that, and I even found more and more as I, as I went in again, like Lex actually grew on me. He was my original worst part, mm-hmm. but each time I've seen him, he's grown on me a little bit because you start realizing he actually knows dark side is coming. Like that last scene when he's going ping, 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 mm-hmm. ping, 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 ping. That's the sound of the mother box, which mm-hmm. is what, how they go through a boom tube to come from apocalypse to earth. So he already knows dark side is coming. And basically that's why he was trying to get rid of Superman mm-hmm. is because he would have been the only one who could possibly fight dark side. And so that's why they're saying that we need we need to get the team because there's no way we could fight Darkseid without Superman unless we got a team. You know about sad Ben, sad ben Affleck? Oh yeah. Okay. So they're him and him and um, Henry Cavill are doing the interviews, and this is in the UK already. So this is after the reviews have been coming out. Yeah, even superheroes are human. Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill sat down for an interview with Yahoo Movies. This is on March 24th to promote their latest film. Which was recently trashed by movie critics, and the video Hafleck's heartbroken reaction to the reviews has gone viral. Well, this is the character he's been wanting to play his whole life. He's been looking forward to. He's always wanted to be Batman. He's always wanted to be. I did not know that. Well, I mean, he was again. He was another one of the highlights for me. I think him and Gal Gadot stole the show. Um, I mean, one of his best friends is Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. and his. I mean, his podcast is Fat Man on Batman. Yeah, the two of them love Batman. So, and I love Amy Adams, Lois Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I uh, casting. I, I'm I'm like you. Perry White was good. Yeah. Um, what's the name? Lauren, Lauren, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, is great. So, casting. Uh, like, again, I will agree. I Lex Luthor. Think they could have gotten something. Somebody more ominous. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to do is the social network doing Lex Luthor. Right. It's sort of that kind of He's I guess they're trying to make him grow into Yeah. That. Yeah. So is he going to have that is that going to be is he going to be able to pull that off? That's the question. Yeah. That that is the question. Long term. Especially early on in the film he was kind of playing himself. Mhm. And he and that was one of the things with um Adam Driver as uh, Kylo Ren. Some people felt like, okay, maybe uh, we weren't scared and didn't find him to be ominous. So that, you know, the question mark is long term, would would he be able to grow into that? Right. Because they're both that? still like, Kylo Ren and Lex Luthor are very early on in the stages of mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And maybe that's not what that's intended for, for the, uh, at least in the case of Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, maybe that's not what they're wanting him to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not what they're needing him to be. Um, maybe they've got um, another person to be that later, mm-hmm. to be that character. Let's see. Okay, here it is. Well, it's, it's been getting a mixed response. And I don't know if you've had a chance to have a look at them or like your response to those or... No, what are they saying? Well, it's, it's been getting a mixed response. <laughs> Batman versus Superman will make you. All the reviews are popping up. All the reviews are popping up, and they got that opera music, which is very ominous. Certified rotten. Uh huh. They're giving. It I just wondered uh, whether that, how, how that makes you guys feel, and whether it will even affect the film as such. Well, uh, the, the interesting thing is that. We, we... Hello, darkness, my old friend. So Henry Cavill goes into 
the spiel on, on, on the movie and the critics and everything. And Ben Affleck is sitting off to the side, sort of just letting him handle the interview. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of looking away, looking off, and then they start playing the, the uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Come to talk and they're zooming in. Again. Yeah, he's just kind of staring into because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And Henry Cavill's uh, <laughs> oblivious to that. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's handling it. Henry Cavill's going in and diving in and says, "I'll take this Batman. I'll take. I'll take on this one. You can. You can sit this one out." Yeah, just like he did at the end. You know, I'll say what uh, people question: Batman, who would win? Batman versus Superman? And Batman basically won. Batman won. Batman did kick his ass, and which a lot of people thought ahead of time. Oh yeah, if you. Put them together, well, he'll he, win yeah. because of kryptonite. And and he had a plan. Yeah, and he had a plan, which is what he is. He's a he's a military strategist. Mm-hmm. He knows how to strategy for war. And oh, and another one of my favorite scenes was actually one of the scenes that was a, just a dream sequence or a flash or kind of a dream sequence is when he goes in and basically kicks the entire army's ass. Mm-hmm. And he's like GI Batman. Yeah, in the GI gear, that was pretty cool. That was that was there was some scenes that. You could say were some of the best scenes in superhero movies of all time. Oh yeah, it's not by far not the best superhero movie because it took on it took on a lot. It may have taken on too much. I respect them for what they did. Mm-hmm. It's very ambitious, and we said that what they did was more than anyone's probably ever tried to take on before in a superhero comic book movie. Yeah, they took on a lot. Taking a lot and you know basically trying to I mean they they've wanted to do Superman versus Batman for decades forever forever and then the Justice League there's a reason why they haven't done Justice League on screen yet mm-hmm. because it was a little scary like how are we going to do that is it going to mm-hmm. work are we going to be able to make that happen and so they I mean considering all the things that they were taking on you know I have a lot of respect for them and, and you know that's why you know and I, like I said I went there I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film, but it wasn't a perfect film mm-hmm. by no stretch of the imagination. I'm not being a homer here. I realize that, that it had some flaws and it did jump around a little bit. And I think that a lot of that has coming from is coming from the editing where they had to take off 30 minutes of movie mm-hmm. to because of the studios right. by studio request. So anyway, I'm probably already spoiling one of the agree or disagree questions I had for you <laughs> upcoming because that was going to hit upon that. Anyway, there was sad, sad Ben Affleck. Was bad. So was Ben Affleck sad there? Mm. Was he really sad, or was he just tired from from all the press junkets and, and the flight? He, I bet you he's just tired and like the fact that Cavill like immediately like jumped in there. He's like, all right, I'll yeah. just let him do his thing. Yeah, and Cavill looks a little more rested and like ready to go for the interview. And was Ben out? Was Ben playing poker game late late night? Could, could be. Yeah. You owe me fifteen grand, pal. And Cavill is younger. Yeah. And Ben's back on the single scene now, too. Mm-hmm. So he might have been hitting some pubs in the UK before the... Uh, yeah. Some some bars. Some... Which is was another thing I really liked was Jeremy Irons' Alfred. Yeah. He's very snarky. Yeah. And when he's just knocking back a drink of scotch and he's like, maybe you'll find a nice young lady. And he's like... And then he starts talking to himself like wishful thinking, Alfred. Yeah, he was playing kind of the, you know, we had the, we got the more tired, angry, not going to take shit anymore Batman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of older. 
we got that a little bit. We saw a little bit of that progression too with what they did with the Alfred character. So um, we're definitely seeing some of the positives there. The Dark Knight, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. his version of Batman would not have worked in this universe in the storyline. No. The way they wrote this character, the way Ben Affleck played it, was perfect. They wrote the character to be a little bit meaner. Christian Bale, his Batman, remember, in the timeline of those three movies was only actually Batman for about a year. Yeah. And then he took like eight years off and came back for like a couple months. Uh Uh-huh. This Batman has been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. He's had uh, his sidekick killed. Mm -hmm. So it's not just his parents. Yeah. And so it's a, so that version of Batman, it would have been a different script. It would mm-hmm. have been a different writing. They would have had to write the character of Batman much differently mm-hmm. for this. And not saying that they might have not done that if Christian Bale wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. They might have made that revision for him specifically, but it would have been a lot different tone yeah. with his character and with the movie in, in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, it would have been uh, taking more uh, liberties because of what they did with the Dark Knight universe was very different from this universe. Mm-hmm. So they might have been really uh, even been more... Un- kind of stretching it. But more under a microscope, even more so, probably, if they had done that. Okay, when we come back, we got... I'm going to figure out what one of the fire alarms is like the battery is going out. So it's making a squeak. Usually it's the dog Skittle downstairs <laughs> making the squeaking sound, but it's actually one of the fire alarms battery is going out. So it's making that beeping sound. And I don't know if you can hear it in the podcast world or the blogosphere world or the, uh, or at, at, what's his name's aisle at the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the aisle seat guy. He, he's changing it to pedophile aisle. <laughs> his. So yeah, we reviewed the reviewers we may some of these guys ever find out that we trolled them. They may, yeah. they may come back out and, and troll us back. Troll us back, but hey, write a, they will write a, write a bad review about saying this podcast. That, yeah, they're gonna say you were worse than Catwoman and I was worse than Fantastic Four. Oh, <laughs> that one guy. He would probably would would come in, would come up with start to come up with something worse than that. I'll say, well, you were worse than Jared from Subway. Yeah, there and you go. And Bill Cosby. You're not even the best pedophile. No. No, okay. Goof. It's a goof. Yeah. yeah. It's a goof. It's playful. It's playful. Come on, let's play in the sandbox. You, now, y'all y'all were trying to be hurtful. Y'all hurt Ben's feelings. We're not trying to hurt your feelings. You made Ben sad. Affleck. See, now that's sad Affleck, and it's because it's you made him sad. And this is a man recovering from, he's been divorced, and, and he had to be in that Daredevil movie. Yeah. And now you're doing Geely, this. he had to be in Geely. And he did it. I mean, he did a damn good job in this movie. It's yes. not his fault. No, no, it's not, not his at fault. all. Any flaws that are in this movie was not Ben Affleck's fault. No. Because you know, they could have, it could have been his fault. They could have blamed it on him, but there's no way you can blame it on him. You blame no. him, actually some of the strengths of the movie on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. When we come back, we got a little agree or disagree. Gentlemen. For that behind. There we go. Yeah. Let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. We're back on the Thunder Pop at the newly named Thunder Pop Dome. Thunder Pop. 
You like that? I like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz One came up with that. So he was here. He's good at naming and branding, and he does social media consulting. So there you go. He's good with that stuff. Agree or disagree for that bootay? Yeah. Number one for Johnny Lightfoot back from Boy Wonder Broadcast. That's me. Mm-hmm. The next episode you come on, we're going to do an unpackaging. All right. I've got an unpackaging. Sounds good. Uh, maybe a little different than what you usually do okay. with unpackaging, though. <laughs> it's, it's food. Oh. <laughs> we're going to unpack, <laughs> unpack some food on the show. All right. Number one, based on the very brief glimpse we received of the big screen version of The Flash mm-hmm. in Batman vs. Superman. So based on this big screen version of The Flash versus the TV version of The Flash... You still believe that Grant Gustin will be more fondly endeared as the favorite of fans when it's all said and done. Agree or disagree? Oh, man, that's a tough one because we just got such a small sample of Ezra Miller. Um, In what we did get it, I liked his voice, like when he was yelling out at Bruce. Um, The scene of him in, like, the cookie mart, Mm -hmm. he looked kind of like a hippie. Yeah, he's got a hippie flash. Hey, you want to get high, man? Because how did Duty got wooden balls, man? I got a joint here, man. I've been saving for a special occasion. Um, Where Grant Gustin's very clean cut. He's very clean cut. Uh huh. Um, jeez. I think people are still gonna like Grant Gustin more. Mm hmm. Because that TV Flash is very popular. Very, very popular. One of your favorites. With guys and girls. One of your favorites, too. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, and Grant Gustin's got some of that kind of TV heartthrob. Yeah. For the girls that sort of. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of little, like, romance and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not all action. It's got the cool action for mm-hmm. all the guys. Mm-hmm. And then it's got the lovey-dovey stuff for the girls. Because so. the CW's yeah. got to be CW yeah, when, when they, you know. Even if it's a superhero show, there's got to be a little something for got the ladies. A little, little something in there thrown in, yeah. All right. Number two. CBS's new streaming service will soon be rolling out their new Star Trek series. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're well aware of this. So, for the small screen. However... Did CBS Viacom sell themselves short? Should they have just went straight to a 24-7 Star Trek channel? Oh. Huh. If they got the rights to, like, all the series, mm-hmm. I think they could they could probably pull that off. The thing with that, though, is Netflix already has them. Yeah. So they'd have to somehow get the rights away from them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, if they did, they could, they could do it. Uh, I don't know that it would work anywhere other than streaming, though. Yeah, so you so you're gonna maybe disagree on that. Yeah, I'd probably disagree and say like maybe a, a Star Trek app, if they mm-hmm. got the rights to all the series, you know, to where you could basically you pay a monthly service and you have access to all the Star Trek, but with all of them, but this new one being on Netflix, not really feasible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A Gold Coast theme park ride. Themed around the Green Lantern, stalled the other day. In fact, it stalled twice. This was on March 26. Right. Caused some panic and concern at the amusement park. With this info, and based on the debacle that was Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, do you believe there's cause for concern that there could be a curse on the Green Lantern character? Much like a Bruce, like the Bruce Lee conspiracy, where the Bruce Lee family was under a curse. Oh, yeah. Is there now a Green Lantern curse? Uh, Agree or disagree? I don't think so because the comic series is still doing very well. Um, the whole Green Lantern core thing, and I get it. That's why they're rebranding the Green Lantern movie Green Lantern Core because mm-hmm. they, I, 
Uh, they're trying to get as far away from that stinker as possible. I mean, it could be Ryan Reynolds dressed up as Deadpool ca- causing a little ruckus. Uh-huh. Having a little fun. <laughs> yeah. Saying, yeah, I said, fuck you, Green Lantern. I'm Deadpool now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Deadpool, wow, good segue. After seeing Deadpool and watching Superman versus Batman, mm-hmm. and we already know you were a fan of both movies. Yes. After seeing the two movies, despite the fact you're a DC guy, you actually preferred Deadpool in terms of a better film. Agree or disagree? I think with those two, they're so different in their tone. Mm-hmm. I think Deadpool is one I could, I would be able to watch easier. Like if I would just happen to like turn on, and it would have to obviously be a, a cable channel, right, to play Deadpool. But if I was just happen to like plop in on like the middle of Deadpool, it's a movie I could probably just sit down and watch the rest of. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, I would have to really be in. I would need to be in a mood for it, mm-hmm. and like, I'm still gonna get the ultimate cut, and I bet you I'm gonna like it better because that's how it was with the Watchmen ultimate cut. Um, yeah, Deadpool's probably the better movie though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, again, it depends because they're different films, and the audiences can be different from each film. Yeah, and I mean, I'm such a DC fanboy, and I was such a fan of affleck's batman mm-hmm. like literally that's why i went and saw it a third time was mm-hmm. not just to like see if i missed stuff but just seeing my what i've always envisioned as a comic book batman to yeah. come to life mm-hmm. that that's easily my favorite part of that movie and i can get past all that other stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what other stuff what's the like thing that the most of all the things you dislike what's the most the thing you dislike the most about batman versus superman the probably the 20 minutes leading up to right before Batman and Superman finally fight mm-hmm. that 20 minute chunk had me like checking the time on my phone mm-hmm. like god this is like it was just plotting I mm-hmm. was like come on mm-hmm. just do it like Okay, Lex, why are you doing this? Then mm-hmm. Lex is doing that. Now he wants them to have a gladiator bat. Like, a lot of that stuff was just poorly poorly written and poorly edited mm-hmm. to where it didn't flow. It, it, it had me, like, cringing, like, when are we going to, like, start moving this along? And it could have been the studios meddling. It could have yes. Been- could have been in other coming from other directions. So that, we, we talked about that before we recorded. The editor is Academy Award nominated. He's mm-hmm. edited movies like Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he edited Man of Steel, the original Man of Steel. Oh, Born on the Fourth of July. Born, on, born so, on the Fourth of July. So some some great films. Seems to like Independence Day a lot. He did two Born on the Fourth of July, and then he did Independence Day. Yeah, so likes the holiday. All right, when we come back, we got some thoughts and advice. A little surprised about that. Got some thoughts. Got some advice. We'll be right back. Thunderpop, in association with these nut productions, got him. All right, thoughts and advice. So, I did some deck staining just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. We're having some beautiful weather. We're here in Austin, Texas. Yes. We had a, well, already a mild winter, and then we had kind of a cooler early part of March, but then lately the weather's been amazing. So, 
What do I do when the weather's amazing? I get out there and I DIY for that. There you go. Ass. Yeah. So I did some deck staining. Okay. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of the deck after I stained it. So I decided to post a picture on social media. And I was like, nobody's going to give a shit about my deck being stained. <laughs> and I got more posts from like the deck being stained than from like, like pictures from like um, when we announced we we're going to do a podcast. I got more likes and more uh, comments from like the wedding photos when I got married in 2012. <laughs> I mean, it was like my cute dog pictures always like rule and just like mm-hmm. own the web. But the deck pictures went viral. Like, I don't know what it is about stained decks, but I think... People love their decks. It's an HGTV nation. Mm -hmm. We're we're all... Some of the MILFs over in Lakeway might have been really impressed with my deck. I I think so. I might use that as a sales technique. I'll just pull that picture up on my phone. You might even check this out. So, my thoughts and advice is deck maintenance. Deck maintenance. Hmm. Check this video out. This is really funny. This is deck maintenance band commercial on YouTube. If you're like me, you find it very hard to keep your dick dry. I left my dick unprotected and it was warped out of shape in no time. I could barely recognise my own dick. Imagine that. Then I discovered Schaefer's New Zealand style dick sealant. The best way to take care of your dick in three easy steps. First, wash your dick with soap and water. Then, wait for your dick to dry. Once your dick is clean and dry, paint your dick with Schaefer's dick sealant. I used to be too embarrassed to invite people over to see my dick. But now, my dick's the talk of the town. I even have pictures of my dick. Check out that dick. I want to send this to my secretary. Barbara always loves to receive my dick pics. <laughs> After all, summertime is all about spending time on your dick. I'll often have 20 to 30 people on my dick at once. That can really wear your dick out, causing dick splinters and discoloration. But with Schaefer's dick sealant, my dick stays a nice golden brown colour. Who wouldn't want a golden dick? I used to never let children anywhere near my dick. My dick was too dangerous for cods to play on. But it seems like every cud in the neighbourhood's been on my dick this summer, and they've all had a good time. My dick's over 70 years old, but it looks brand new. That's part of the reason all my neighbours are jealous of my dick. Wasn't that right, Jum? Yes, you've got a nice dick, okay? His wife is always on my dick, begging me to know the secret of my perfect dick. If you like Schaefer's dick sealant, check out Schaefer's New Zealand style cock. I had a huge hole on my dick, but I fixed it by jamming some cock on it. You'd be surprised how many things you can fix by jamming cock into them. Have an extra large hole in your dick? Try Schaefer's African-style cock. Just go to your local home improvement store and ask for the big black cock. Schaefer's New Zealand-style dick sealant. Don't put it on your penis. Oh, man. So, it's all about the dick. Yeah, the dick. The dick. The dick. The dick maintenance. The dick maintenance. A little thoughts and advice there for your day. I wonder if he's a film reviewer with all those kids playing on his dick. Oh, I don't know. He has a big enough dick to host (laughs) a a big, you know, movie party. Yeah. You know, screen a dick. Yeah. Screen on. Screen a movie on the dick. Screen a movie on the dick. Oh boy, that was that was great. Yeah. So that's that's from Barely Productions, BP Barely, and they also I think they do something called Barely Political. But anyway, Barely productions on youtube that are they are thoughts good. and advice is courtesy of them today and i was i was inspired to play that after my uh little dick maintenance i did myself yeah, yeah you could you, you everybody was really proud of your dick pic yeah i put a dick pic on social media and never thought i'd get that much likes <laughs> for my dick pic all right there you go thoughts and advice and once again we want to thank johnny lightfoot 
He did it so nice. Oh, We're going to do it twice. Boop, 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 boop. He's coming, he's coming back to do another one. I'm very excited to say. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a great minute, hour, second calendar, um, um, Chinese calendar. What, what date what was is it? it? Chinese New Year. Have a great Chinese New Year. And um, hey, come on. Come over sometime and sit on the dick. Yeah. Check out Steven's dick. Yeah. All right. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Thunderpop is a Hit the Bricks Productions.